Welcome once again to another episode of the Random Access Podcast brought to you by RAPodcast.net. This is episode 722, recorded live on April 23rd, 2022, and here are your hosts. The man who didn't have his AC turn on today, Dave Collette. Hey! And the man whose AC is running right now, Andy Lowe. Hi. How hot was it today? Uh, it got up to 81 here. That's pretty hot. It got up to like 76 here. Actually, no, correction, 83 according to my thermometer. 80, yeah, it got up to 83 degrees outside today. So yes, it it has been hot. How hot was it? It was 83 degrees hot. Yes. But yes, no, uh, the, the AC kicked on for the first time this year at yes. uh, 7.40 p.m. Because it, it, it finally hit that point on the thermostat where it's like, yep, finally need to... See, uh, I, I have the Nest currently set at heat only, so it could be 97 degrees outside. My AC is not kicking on. I presume you have yours set to be a range, right? If it falls yes. below this, turn the heat on. If it falls above this, turn the AC on. Yes, I have yeah, my... mine. Mine is not set as a range. Mine is just set at if it falls below this, turn the heat on. Period. Yes, I, I, I can do that with mine, but I, I would run into problems like today where it's like it's, it's actually... <laughs> it's actually warm in the house. Let's yeah. turn the AC on. So actually, I've been dealing with a problem, Andy, where it's been too cold in my house because I got a 3D printer and I hooked it up this week and I started 3D printing things and then things stopped printing correctly. And I'm like, what is going on? And I went online and apparently my resin is too cold. <laughs> How cold was it? Uh, the mid-60s? The That's... resin was 18 degrees Celsius. Okay. And apparently resin likes to be up a little higher around like 22 to 25 Celsius. Okay. So that's too cold. So it failed to build. Hmm. It failed to adhere to the plate. So yeah, more days I... like today. Hey, that's awesome. <laughs> I'm, I'm good with it. What I really I need to do I can start doing is... my 3D printing if it stays this warm. So I'm looking at my thermostat right now, all my sensors around the house. Yes, yes. I wonder if there's some way to transfer the cold air from the basement up to the rest of the house. Uh, It's called an exhaust vent or an exhaust fan. Because right now in the basement, in our house, I've got got one of them uh, because it came in a two-pack and I only needed one. I'm like, well, where else should I stick a a temperature sensor? And I'm like, well, you know what? Let's put one in the basement. I'm just curious. Let's see what it's like down there. And it's cold. Yeah, it is currently 59 degrees in the basement. And it is, you know, 71, 72 in the rest of the house. So the question is, is there some way where I can transfer that cold air in the basement and just basically recirculate it in through the rest of the house? The problem is, is there's no vents in the basement. So there's no air return in the basement. Right. Uh, I mean, you could purchase literally the thing that I have sitting in a box behind me, uh, which is a inline fan for ducting. And you could add basically basically an input to your duct from the basement and just turn the fan on. That probably could work. Yeah. And then somehow tell the thing, the, the, the fan to just kick on and keep circulating or something. Yep. Well, that could be, could be interesting. Just, I don't know. We'll, we'll see. We'll see how our uh, power bill goes after now that we've got the new insulation in the attic. 
they added an extra foot of cellulose, I think is what they called it. Okay. I mean, cellulose can be used as insulation. Well, it wasn't fiberglass. It was, it was, it's it, fluffy stuff. So I'm guessing that's, let's see, let's look up cellulose insulation to double check. Yep. That's what it looks like. Blown in cellulose. So we'll, we'll, uh, compare our, uh, temperature and, um, insulation from this, from last year to this year. Because I've got BSTAT, and BSTAT lets me download all of my temperature data for my Echo B for the last year in five-minute increments. <laughs> That's wait a second. Hang on. Uh, so a year, three hundred sixty-five days times twenty-four hours times sixty minutes uh, divided by five. Uh, so a hundred and five thousand data points. Yes, it, it. I downloaded it one time just to see, and that's a hundred. That's that's for just one sensor. And I have now one, two, three. I have six, seven, seven sensors because it has the thermostat too and outside temperature too. So eight. There are eight data points in this in this chart <clears throat> every five minutes. So eight hundred thousand data points for the year. Yes. What are you planning on doing with this data? Well, I'm I'm curious to see. Well, there's two things. One is to see if the insulation is making a difference, which it should. Mm-hmm. And the other one is um, seeing where the weak points are, you know, are all the rooms warming up or cooling down at the same rate, which I'm guessing they're not. If I'm looking, even just looking at the the, yep. the chart from the last three days, I can tell you for a fact. I mean, I wouldn't expect not. them to. But if the, if the system is properly calibrated, then the whole house should, in fact, you know. Yeah, but think of the effort that would have to go into doing that. You could rough it out, though, if I just look in here and go, okay, this one is heating up way faster than anywhere else. We'll tone that one down. Yeah, but Andy, like, you, you can't do that while the house is under construction, because nothing, like, things aren't finished. No, that's true. And you can't do it after the house is constructed, because things are finished. There, there are things you can install in there are dampeners you can install in your venting system yeah do you do you want to slow down how quickly one of the rooms is adjusting to the temperature so that it matches with the others uh yes if that room is the kitchen and i'm trying to cool and warm the upstairs but you're not going to make the upstairs heat up or cool down any faster you're just slowing down how much the kitchen changes yes but your your furnace will run at a set volume per minute, right? Your furnace is set to output at a specific... I mean, it doesn't, but that's how it's measured, but it doesn't actually do that. Okay, then what does it do then? I mean, it outputs energy, right? Yeah. And it it does out... I'm not disagreeing that it outputs, like, the same amount of energy regardless of whether you've got the kitchen open or not. But, like, saying it outputs a certain volume is, is, I would say, incorrect. I'm still trying to see how it's incorrect because it the fan pushes air. If I'm not restricting the intake airflow, the fan will mm-hmm. be sucking a certain volume of air in over time. Okay. Some sure. sort of cubic feet of air will right. get pulled right. in. But like, just... In, okay, so if I close the vents in one room, yes, the other rooms will adjust their temperature faster. That is true. Okay, I'm with you so far. But like fine-tuning the system such that they all adjust at the same temperature. I, I don't see that happening. I still think it's possible. We'll find out. Okay. 
No, it's it was hilarious though. Just watching after the insulation got put in, just watching all the the temperature volumes just slowly start to all get tighter and tighter together from where they used to be until the furnace kicked on and then they all went you know all over the place again. But that's that's you know that's a that's an that's an intro topic is what that is. That is indeed an intro topic. Should we hit some of the actual topics then, or what? Uh, I mean, we can. Yeah, let's let's hit some of the actual topics. What do we got? Let me click over to the randomaccesspodcast.net, rapodcast.net. Uh, we got some some topics in here, like the SLS, everyone's favorite. Oh my God, lemon! <laughs> I can't believe it's not lemon. It's a lemon, isn't it? D- yes. So this ever was the, since we put it out on the, the launch pad and we wanted to test it and had to cancel and then we wanted to test it and then lightning fucking struck and then we wanted to test it and we had to cancel and they have yet to test it. Yes, it got rolled out, what, April 1st, I think? No, it rolled out mid-March. They wanted to try since April 1st <laughs> to, to do a wet dress rehearsal. So this was actual loading and unloading right, this was the, of... the, like, fueling it, defueling it. It's making sure everything is fully fueled and fully pressurized. And it was only supposed to be a 48-hour test. Only supposed to be two days. And here a we are. A month and a half later. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Oh, okay. So yes, they're going to roll it back in. They're going to uh, have somebody else upgrade their equipment. NASA will also replace a faulty check valve in the on the upper stage of the rocket, as well as fix a leak on the mobile launch tower's tail service mast umbilical. So they didn't say how long it was going to take. They just said it will take weeks. So probably not going to happen weeks. this month. And it's probably nope. not going to happen May. So now we're looking June or July for a possible launch at the earliest. And this was supposed to be... When was it supposed to launch? When was it supposed to launch? Well, the, when it was supposed to originally launch, that's a, <laughs> that's a loaded question. <laughs> that's a whole other story. When was it supposed to launch this time? Um, it looks like the first test was supposed to be in June of 2022. Okay. I mean, that's that's not... So they're only a month delayed. Yes. That's not terrible. No, it's not terrible. It's just they tried to do a test three times and just said, you know what, we'll just roll it back into the... Uh, was it VL, <laughs> Vehicle Launch Assembly, VLA building? No, v- v- Vehicle Assembly Building, VAB. God, I'm trying to remember all my TLAs. Oh, dude, don't get me started. Don't get me started. Work is nuts with that sort of thing. You know what's even more annoying? Is when you have TLAs, but they were changed, you know, mm-hmm. years ago. But everybody mm-hmm. that you talk to who, you know, was in the business before the change still uses keeps using the old ones yes and i'm you know it's really really kind of um i won't say annoying but like causes problems when you have tlas and also your database uses three letter initialisms and or acronyms and or just three characters to represent the different parts of the database (laughs) which have nothing to do with tlas because they're not acronyms they're just abbreviations of some kind or just randomly picked for some reason no they they are intentional i can't go too much more into detail without actually like starting to get into proprietary information but Mm. it yeah it's it's fun 
What's, what's, what's even... What does this stand for? Nothing. <laughs> it stands for literally nothing. But this one does stand for something. And so does this one, but it doesn't stand for the thing you think it stands for. What's also fun is, well, I, I can't log into my work computer anymore because uh, we changed, we're dropping Cisco and we're changing um, VPN services. So I don't have that installed on this computer. But um, all of our audio files, because we're a radio station, we play audio files, right? I I would hope so. I mean, you could do everything live. Yes, we could, if this was the 60s. What do you mean if this was the 60s? You you literally couldn't do a live broadcast, like a 24-7 live broadcast? Without using computer files? Right. Um, I guess we, the ads. The ads would have to be computerized. Yes. Well, you just don't have ads, Andy. <laughs> I mean, for goodness sakes, even NPR has ads. The religious stations I, I have ads. Yes. Religious stations have ads. That sounds like a good prompt for an improv group. Actually, I, yeah, I could see that. But, <laughs> the okay, commercial so. on a religious radio station. But, it, but like, it's a commercial for something that does not belong on a religious radio station. Yeah, it's, it's, it's in, the, in the public radio business and the nonprofit business, it's called underwriting. So it, they're kind of, like, sponsoring the show, but... They can't technically... Oh, no, I, I understand that, Andy. Yeah. I, I get that. Like, I'm, I'm aware. I'm just saying, like, it would be a really good prompt for an improv group of, like, a, uh, a, a religious radio station commercial for something that doesn't belong. Oh, like Deja Vu or something like that. Right. Yeah. Right. Or, you know, like, uh, a sex club or, um, God, I don't know what else, like, what other places uh, could we do that? Well, let's see. The, the other one was... An abortion big... clinic? <laughs> Planned Parenthood... Um, cannabis <laughs> Brought to you by stores. Planned Parenthood. What? There you go. Drugs, liquor, right? All the vices, like a <laughs> casino. Now I'm just going my way down the seven sins, and I can't think of right. one for sloth. Uh, um, on a religious radio station. Yes, sloth on a religious radio. A commercial station. that would represent sloth. I don't know something for like. The only thing I can think of is like Netflix or something. One of the streaming servers. Yeah, like a lazy boy chair. Like, <clears throat> but those don't seem particularly like bad. No, but yeah, something about streaming streaming services or something like that. DoorDash, yeah. maybe? But, like, would DoorDash be bad to have on a religious radio station? No. As opposed to Planned Parenthood? <laughs> One of these things is not like the other. Right. The, the goal of the prompt is to find something that, like, does not fit. Yeah. But, okay, so anyway, so we've got all of our audio files okay. are on the computer. Yeah. So there's a central database of audio files. Okay. The problem is, is that each market has its own central database of audio files. Right. And there are ways for having the central servers in each market talk to each other. All of our files have a three-digit category code, alphanumeric, and a four-digit cut number, alphanumeric as well. Okay. So you could have IM7... 083A. Okay. Sure. I hope you are not going to ask me to remember this. No, but it's it's the problem is is all of these categories and cart names and numbers and letters and everything are all user picked. So of course that could lead to conflicts. Yes. 
so are, many conflicts. Are we just talking like big sky here, right? Like, or not big sky, open sky, right? How do planes not hit each other? It's not air traffic control. That only happens around airports. Planes don't hit each other because there's a lot of sky out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, especially if you can do four digits of uh, numbers and letters. Yeah. So you can go from zero, 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 all the way up to Z, 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 Z. Okay. There's, there's a, yeah, there's a lot of, you know, but then, yeah, th- there people have, you know, go, okay, well, we have five stations here and we need to create categories for the long form programs. So let's go PG1, PG2, PG3, PG4. Problem is in market B, they're like, oh, we've got three stations here and we need to record long form PG. programs. Let's go with PG1, PG1 PG2, PG3. PG2, and it's just like... PG3. It's like I so really... the radio industry needs a central dispatching processor to assign a name to all of these servers. Uh, this is this is specifically just for our company. Oh, oh, Andy, shouldn't you be like in a position to fix that by now? Yes, but it would literally be my job for like the next year to try and sort this all out. It's mainly, I'm just letting everybody stay separate. Everybody is siloed, except for the things that need to go back and forth. And at that point, I've just created new categories and said, these are the new categories. And I've created, you know, that same category on all the servers and basically limited the number of people who can write to that category. So it's like, okay, I'm just going to leave the mess back there in your room. And then if you, whatever you need to do to talk to somebody else, I'm creating a nice new clean way of doing it that nobody's touched before. Nobody can, you know, accidentally mess it up because mm-hmm. only certain people can write to it. And, you know, it's, it's already it's already labeled and already, you know, descripted in everybody's server. So nobody can go in there and go, you know what I need? I need this letter number combination because this is what I feel like it should be. So, yes, no, it's it, TLAs and acronyms and three digits are real fun. Real, real oh, fun. Oh, definitely. Definitely. So let's see, do we have other space news? Oh, yeah, yeah, here we go. Here's a space one. What's our space one? Um, well, so Blue Origin, Jeff Bezos, yeah, bought yeah. basically a giant tanker ship years ago, back in uh, 2018. So he bought a 600-foot tanker ship, or sorry, not tanker, cargo ship. 600-foot cargo ship. So big, you mm-hmm. know, big ship. And he was going to retrofit it to be a landing platform for the first stage of Blue Origin's New Glenn rocket out at sea. Sound familiar? Okay. Kind of. That sounds a lot like what SpaceX was going to try and do. Yeah, what's what's great if you go to the the link, there is a um there was an artist rendering of what this was supposed to look like provided to the paper by Blue Origin and it looks like they just took the SpaceX drone ship and set it on the back of this tanker. <laughs> So I'm I'm sure Elon Musk went onto Twitter and said, uh, "Excuse us, that's that's our thing." Did he not do that? Uh, I don't know. This was this was originally announced back in 2018. So for the past four years, they've been working on retrofitting this 600 foot cargo ship, and it looks like the company is now looking at different options for recovering vessels that doesn't involve this 600 foot cargo ship. So I don't know if I would be happy 
or sad to be the company that has been working on this for four years to retrofit this boat to, you know, reading the paper that they're thinking about not using this ship to recover the first stage of the new Glen. Oof. Oof. That that does sound painful. Uh, there's other space news in here, too. Yes. You got more in here, right? Falcon yes. 9? Yes. So Falcon 9 had a recent launch, another uh, spy satellite launch. So, of course, the um, web stream got uh, cut off as soon as the first stage landed. Because <laughs> they're like, we can't show you the rest of this. This so, is literally a spy satellite. Yes, this is literally classified information, top secret, yeah. whatever. So, you know, after that first stage is done, nobody has any idea what's going on. Well, the, uh, the, one of the, um, what am I trying to think of? What's the word for looking into Observatory? space? Observatory, yes, thank you. Hey, how's that? How's that? One of the, the things. The, the big thing, the one of the things was the observatory. Yes, come on. Oh, I'll give you that one. So one of the observatories has a web camera on it over in Hawaii. And on the web camera, they caught a flying whirlpool or you, some people called it a flying spiral going through the air, which if you watch the video, it looks, it's only like a minute long. Mm-hmm. Um, it just I'm not going to watch the video right now, but it looks weird. It looks like somebody basically just like took CGI and then implanted it. <laughs> On this, you know, normally, you know, serene picture of clouds floating over the observatories. I mean, that that is a possibility. Has anyone confirmed that this was real? Do we have it from a different angle? Um, No, but this is um, released by, you know, the uh, who who owns this observatory? Subaru Telescope. Oh, wait, Subaru Telescope? Uh, Speaking of underwriting... Subaru Telescope is the 8.2-meter flagship telescope of the National uh, Astronomical Observatory of Japan, located in Hawaii. The flagship telescope of the National Astronomical Observatory of Japan, located in Hawaii. It is named after the open star cluster, Subaru. Not... Ah. Well, granted, the car company was actually called Subaru because it was a conglomeration of multiple car companies together. And so they picked a constellation, hence the name Subaru. That's cute. Yeah. And that's why their logo is the constellation? Yes, that is why their logo is the constellation. Okay. So I, I I hopefully would think that a bunch of astronomers would not be, you know... I'm sorry, say that again? Astronomers? A bunch of what? Ast- a bunch of astrom- okay. astrom- astronomers? <laughs> I speak Astronomers. Well. <laughs> you always have, Andy. That is mm-hmm. one of the running themes of the podcast, is your elocution. So what this flying whirlpool actually is, is the second stage of the Falcon 9 rocket deorbiting over the Pacific Ocean. Okay. Um, this was also verified by a satellite tracker as well. So yes, this was verified by a third party source. But yeah, no, this, this spiral in the sky was caused by the second stage deorbiting as it basically did a, a barrel roll, maybe? No, barrel roll is... <laughs> Do a barrel roll. Somersault. Somersault. Uh, aileron roll, I believe. Oh, is that what it's actually called? Okay. Well, the the barrel roll from Star Fox is an aileron roll. A barrel roll is actually a different maneuver. Oh. You're looking up what a barrel yeah, roll is. Yeah, I'm looking it up right now, right now. Yeah. Okay. No, I don't care about doing a barrel roll. 
on Google. And Google does its, like, flippy thingy. Okay, so that's rolling on both axes. Okay. Here's here's a good comparison of an aileron roll versus a barrel roll. So you're flying forward, and you pick up towards the sky, and as you get to the top, you flip around and then come back down. <laughs> Man, this makes me feel like I should... What was that game that I played a long time ago? Flying Aces? It was a Sid Meier game? Oh, I sort of remember. I think I know what game you're talking about. Ace Patrol. There it is. Ace Patrol, which you, you know, you flew planes. And so you had to do all these strategy moves of how do I want to, you know, roll my plane or turn or bank and all that other fun stuff. Yeah. Yeah. No, I remember that game. I played it at Hans's house. Ah, okay. But yeah, so Falcon 9 doing some sort of roll through the atmosphere caught on camera. Well, that's okay. (laughs) Huh. We can uh, we can switch to actual flying topics though if we just you know start in space and start working our way down. It's <laughs> just towards the ground. Yes. Sure. What's next? Um, well, the fact that the FCC voted for nothing since <laughs> you know we still haven't confirmed our fifth member yet. Yeah. Um, voted for nothing to basically start cracking down on bad receivers. Bad receivers, yes. not like football players no 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 it's they said it they will explore options for promoting promoting improvements in radio frequency receiver performance including through the use of incentives industry-led voluntary approaches commission policy and guidance or regulatory requirements this is all because of our remember that whole fcc versus faa fight yeah, about the 5G and landing aircraft. Yes, and the altimeters and the 5G interference. Yeah, and the FCC going like, that's us, and the FAA going like, no, that's us. Yeah, the FAA said that there are altimeters from the planes couldn't avoid receiving 5G transmissions and basically told all the telecoms to um, not actually roll out in time, which all the telecoms were like, we paid good money for this, we're rolling out when we're hey, supposed to mean? roll like, out. Like, we need to do this. Yeah. So this is, this is a bit of a jump for them because... Um, it's always been on the the onus has always been on the transmitter to reduce interference. Mm-hmm. There's been things where you know it's um, we've been told like, look, if you're causing interference on something else, most of the time you are going to have to be the one to fix it because you are the one right. causing the interference. This literally says, you know, before we always had rules about how and when transmitters can operate, but hey, wireless communications involves transmitters and receivers, so we're finally going to start putting at the receivers. Yeah, starting to put regulations in in line with actually having receivers do what they're supposed to do, aka filter out distortion and noise. Yeah. Cool. Now, if they can only start cracking down on things that cause spurious emissions, like, you know, power supplies for Chinese-made LED light bulbs, that'd be great. Yeah, <laughs> good luck. Yeah. Have you seen the light bulbs that stay on when the power is cut because they're so poorly made <laughs> that they they actually are, like, drawing phantom power? <sighs> Do I need to see if I can find this again real quick? No, but it, I, I don't doubt it. Oh, cheap Chinese bulb that won't turn off. Here, just watch like the first, literally the first six seconds of this. Oh my gosh. 
<laughs> oh, my friend Mark. Oh, really? These guys just know each other? Yeah. Although I don't know if, if Mark Warner is the person that you're actually thinking about. I think you might be thinking Mark Roper. Oh, you're right. Good point. Which they do know each other because <laughs> all YouTube content creators over a certain threshold actually like do know each other and chat with each other. What was I watching? I was watching one where um, was it? A, I think it was a Mr. Beast where he was cleaning up a beach and... And Mark Roper just showed up in the middle of his video to help volunteer and clean up the beach. I believe they were doing a, a, a collaboration project where Mark Roper was also doing an automated cleanup oh. of the river and or bay. And they were having like a competition of who could clean up more. Well, then why was he helping out? Because <laughs> he knew he was going to win <laughs> by a lot. Probably. A passive barge that sits on, on water and just cleans 24-7 by just letting, like, the, the water run through it versus an active group of volunteers on a beach. Which one do you think is going to do more? The one in the river. The, the automated one that just does its stuff. Yep. <clears throat> so, yeah, so the what's kind of surprising is literally the fact that this was a 4 nothing vote. Well, I mean, it's no skin off their back, right? No, nope, that's true. They don't do anything for it. And they're probably all getting comments from the, um, the, 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 blah, telecoms. Yes. be like, hey, like, we're, we're doing if, exactly if, what if, we're supposed to be doing. Right. Like, if our stuff is interfering with the, the planes at this point, that's not really us. Like, we're doing everything you told us to do. We're being careful, I assume. Yes, they they're are also. The telecoms, so who knows? Well, because they, um, uh... They agreed not to do their things. Plus, the the frequencies that are closest to the altimeter frequencies haven't actually really even been put into use yet, because that was the higher frequencies from that AT and T and Verizon bot, and they're still basically just working on the lower end of the frequencies that they own. So there really isn't anything there to even really deal with. So yeah. yeah. So yes, no, FCC voted for nothing to finally kind of just take it to the airplane manufacturers. It's like, look guys, you need to, you need to fix your stuff. Otherwise we're going to force you to, <laughs> we're going to force you to fix it. You'll force me over my dead body. Well, yeah, I mean, hmm. So speaking of planes and such, some good news. As we continue to yes. make our way back down towards earth. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there is a company that works in Rwanda. Okay. They fly drones. Yes. And these drones are for blood deliveries. Cool. So they're vampires. They're running a vampire courier service. Wait a second. I just read that book. What? Vamp? Uh, you, I just read that book. Andy, the book I just described. A vampire courier service? What yes. book did you read? What? It was a book club book. Called what? I'm looking it up right now. Hold your horses. Gotta, I gotta get my Gmail open here, and I gotta find the email from Bry. Vampire Courier Service. So Is that the synopsis of the book? Like Magic the, the Forge. The TLDR? Magic Forged. And the TLDR is Vampire Courier Service. Well, there are wizards, there are vampires, there are werewolves, and they're known to the public. And so the vampires are allowed to, you know, be vampires. But, you know, they're not allowed to just... That sounds like a terrible thing. The vampires well, are allowed to just be vampires? Like, drink blood from humans? 
Well, yes, but they, you know, they don't want to, you know, they don't want to have unwilling subjects. And so there are people who donate blood and the vampires pay for this blood and it's literally delivered by a courier. So when you said vampire delivery service, it's like, yes, no, I literally just read a book about where like <clears throat> that was going on in the book was there was a courier. I have so many issues with this. Read the book. No, Mag magic. Not Magic, magic forged for anybody who out Not there is gonna. curious. Been, been. I get my my fill of the fantasy from uh, the Dresden Files. That was a book club book, wasn't it? Yes, yes, it was. Stormfront. Yes. Okay. So I'm like 17 books into the series now. Okay, so in Rwanda, 83% of the population yeah. live in rural areas. Yeah. So And the, the roads and infrastructure aren't exactly great, no. from my understanding. Yes. So if, you know, if this remote hospital needs blood, they would have to literally drive it from somewhere to the remote hospital. And right. There would be problems most of the time. So in 2016, like Rwanda signed a, signed a contract with the Zipline. Zipline would have okay. a distri uh, two distribution hubs in Rwanda. Each can make up to 500 deliveries per day. They would fly the blood from the distribution hub to the healthcare facility. The blood contained within an IV bag would parachute down in an insulated cardboard box, and then the drone would fly back to the distribution hub. So they would literally parachute <laughs> drop blood. <laughs> Sorry. I'm just like vampire courier service. Just it's, it's, that's yeah. it couldn't sound more like a vampire courier service solution than if they tried. Yeah. So uh, in this month's issue of Lancet Global Health, somebody analyzed the 13,000 drone orders between 2017 and 2019 mm -hmm. <clears throat> versus, you know, the other deliveries that were still getting done by car. Yeah. Half of the orders took 41 minutes or less to deliver by drone. Uh, the median time for the car would be at least two hours. So this That's is a lot longer. Yeah. So this is this it sounds is like working. the drone is the way to go. Yeah. Yeah. Well, gee, I wonder how much traffic is there? Well, it's, it's probably either traffic or the fact that the roads are crap or the winding roads or the yeah. checkpoints or the gangs or like, yep, flying there is a lot faster. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah, uh, in 12,733 orders over 32 months, the smallest difference was a three-minute difference between the car and the drone. The largest was 211 minutes between the car and the drone. And this was always in favor of the drone. Of the drone. Yes. Yeah, always. Which also cut down on expired and wasted blood by 67%. So this this was just kind of a, hey, look at this. This is kind of neat and cool and go humans. <laughs> go humans. Yes, go humans. I mean, that's, that is a cool use of technology. Yep. I am glad to have it. But, like, of course the drones are faster. Yeah. If I'm going to deliver anything anywhere, a drone is going to be faster than a car. Up to a point. If you have to, you know, land and refuel the drone, or if it's battery-powered. Yep, yep. So, two solutions to that. One is the Pony Express. The other is put a friggin' solar panel on the drone and give it a battery. That will, that will get you maybe an extra two minutes, maybe? I mean, Andy, you know what they say, it's always sunny above the clouds. I thought you were going to say it's always sunny in Philadelphia, and I'd be like, 
No. It's always sunny above the clouds. You can get the drone up there. A lot of sunlight. Yep, that's true. Okay, so drones are transforming blood delivery. Uh, We got some gaming news. It's PAX this week. It is? This weekend. Like, right now, PAX is happening in Boston. Oh, PAX East. Okay. Yeah. Well, not, yeah, not it PAX is. Not PAX Prime. PAX Prime is in uh, September, September, late August, yeah. right? It's always around Labor Day. But no, it's PAX East right now, man. It is happening. Yeah, the uh, the big thing right now is the um, National Association of Broadcasters has their big annual show in Vegas this weekend, too. So. Ooh, cool. Yeah, I get, It's I keep conference on... season, right? Because, yeah, like, it... HIMSS was two weeks ago. PAX is going on now. Broadcasters are happening now. CES has already happened. Oh, Google oh, I.O. Did we should get be... canceled this year? Did we uh, talk about that? I don't think we did. But it, it did get canceled, right? Uh, yes. They canceled. I swear I saw news. They had, they had canceled the, they had canceled the physical show and they said, oh yeah, we're going to go fully virtual. E3 2022 digital and physical has officially been canceled. That's almost a year, like not a year ago, a month ago that they, they announced it. All of E3 has been canceled for this year. You hear that? That's, that's another nail going into the coffin. God damn it, E3. So is Microsoft going to have an event? Sony going to have an event? And Nintendo going to have their own event? I mean, Nintendo is just kind of doing their own thing anyway, right? They've been doing their Nintendo Directs every couple of weeks. They've been doing that for years. Sony, no idea what Sony's doing. Not a clue. Same is true for Microsoft. Well, you know what Sony and Microsoft are all looking to do? Uh, I'm You're sorry, looking... it sounded like you actually had a, a topic there, but what's up? Yes. The um, Microsoft is looking at basically inserting their own ads into free to play games. Oh, that's I don't like that. I definitely don't like that. Why would Business Insider claims that sources have told them early plans to integrate these advertisements into free to play games includes things like digitally rendered billboards in a car racing game, which I'm like, I think somebody already did that. Yeah, this sounds old. Like, yeah, I swear which, we've talked about this sort of thing. Well, in 2008, Barack Obama used Burnout Paradise to run advertisements for the upcoming election. So it's not new. It's just this one is, you know, the big names of Microsoft. You know, the, the, the first Microsoft came out. And then a couple of days later, there was another report that came out that said Sony's also thinking about doing the same exact thing. Like, well, I guess that's happening then. So I can be playing one game and I can see an ad for another. Or a movie. Or a computer. Or a computer. <laughs> have you tried Windows? Or have you upgraded to Windows 11 yet? I can see ads for 3D printers because those are the only ads I'm seeing now. What I also, what I really love is the fact that, you know, okay, so um, we got the uh, hotel for our uh, wedding anniversary weekend thing. And all of a sudden cool. I started getting all these ads for hotels. And I'm just like, you guys. <laughs> You're like, guys, I searched for it so I could find one and I found one. I don't need another. Yeah, no, I'm looking at all these things going, nope, I've already, I've already reserved my hotel room. I don't need another one. Thank you. But you might want another one, Andy. Maybe you, you want to shop across hotels. Have you considered that? You're What's being really so sad selfish, is that, Andy. No, some of those ads were for the same hotel brand that I had already reserved with. <laughs> 
So they, they really just had no idea. They're like, I, I looked at, cause you know, Facebook, you can always go, why did I see this ad? And it's like, oh, you interacted with one of these, uh, one of these partners. This and you're brand. O- yeah, you interacted with the brand and you're over 18 and something else. And I'm just like, yeah, I interacted with your brand in order to reserve my hotel room. Right. So- I joined the one of the like Facebook groups for 3D printers. So now those are the only ads I see on Facebook. 3D printers and 3D printer related things. What was the latest thing I saw on my other ad that I just saw recently? Oh, it was a um, it was a T-shirt for Trust a Bro uh, Moving Company. <laughs> I saw that. I'm like, you know, that's actually pretty good. You know, it's not a thirty dollar yeah. T-shirt, good, but that's still pretty good. Yeah, Trust a Bro. Yeah, I'm looking at it going like Trust a Bro. Well, that's that's funny. <laughs> that would be like a T-shirt I would get, but yeah, no, thirty bucks for a T-shirt, and I'm like, mm, nope, not that's a lot not, for a T-shirt. That is a lot for a T-shirt. That is that is perhaps too much for a T-shirt. Yeah, that's what I thought. Like Trust a Bro. Have you have you been keeping up on Moon Knight at all or no? I have not started watching Moon Knight yet. I need to watch Moon Knight. I did see the trailer for Thor four. I did see that as well. Yeah, oh, it looks really good. I'm excited for it. But Kate no, and I, ha- is, Kate is and I have to figure out when we're going to see. Um, oh, it it's it it has taken a turn. And I'm not sure where they're going. Okay, so I need to watch it. Yes. Okay. Um, oh yeah, and um, you got what a couple more weeks until uh, Doctor Strange comes Doctor out. Doctor Strange. Yep, it's coming up soon. Yeah. God, when do I want to get tickets for them? We'll have to talk to Kate soon. We want to. Uh, yes, that that would probably be something to talk to your your partner about. Yes. If you are planning on going to see it together. So, okay. so yeah. So other other things. Speaking of Marvel, uh, yeah. streaming service Netflix. Netflix numbers were down a lot. Yes, and so therefore For the first Net- time ever. And then therefore Netflix stock numbers were down a lot. Thirty five percent. Holy shit! I'm pretty sure I don't actually own any Netflix stock right now. I'll tell you, this might be the time to buy in, though. Just in case you're wondering, the total subscriber dropped from um, uh, 221.84 million to 221.64 million. So from that's that's not a significant drop, right? Like that's that's actually a very small small percentage. Yes, but they said during the um, the 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 um, investors call shareholders shareholders call that they forecasted another drop to 219 million in the second quarter yeah well stop raising your prices without giving a like compensate amount of new content and what well, what they're thinking about doing now is creating a hulu type of uh service tier yeah where you're paying but you're also getting ads yep and back to pirating. <laughs> like, who who lost their way at Netflix? Or who got hired in and just did not understand what's going on? And that the whole reason Netflix was successful is that it wasn't cable. Well, I'm wondering if I start looking at who's in charge over at Netflix, how many of them, because Netflix, you know, wanted to be, wanted to be one of the big boys, you know, they were, they were pushing to get the, you know, get their shows nominated on the Emmys. They were pushing to try and be. Their their executive board are former cable folks. Well, former TV or cable folks. 
especially, you know, you know, Netflix was like, oh, you know, Netflix was the was the hot stuff. Their market value, you know, proved that everybody was like, oh, Netflix, this is the new thing. You know, they wanted to be one of the big boys. Well, now they're a big boy and now they're kind of trying to go back to big boy ways. But that's not what got them where they are in the first place. Right. So we'll see how that goes. At least they they don't have to worry about CNN Plus. Which fuck would watch CNN Plus? I well, it turns out nobody because they. <laughs> um, so the service launched on March 29th as a six dollar a month service. CNN Plus did yes. Six dollars a month seems like a lot of money for CNN. Well, especially since you know um, that whole Warner Brothers Discovery combo. You know, it was like, okay, they're they're planning on launching CNN, but then Warner Brothers and Discovery confirmed that they were in the process of combining all of their stuff into a single streaming app. And CNN Plus is kind of just sitting out here by its own. Yeah. Okay, so according to Jeff Zucker, he told the CNN staff that he could not legally communicate with CNN executives before the deal was official about the plans with Warner Brothers. Okay. But yeah, no, this, this was launched on March 29th and will be shut down at the end of this month, 31 days after it debuted. That's not very long. Nope. So there you go. Yeah, the CNN Plus came, it saw, it probably is going to get swallowed up by Discovery, and we'll go from there. Yeah. So there you go. That's that's right. the other what streaming else we news. have? Um, the EU is going to go after big tech about having them self-police misinformation and um, what else did they say? It was um, misinformation, dark patterns, which I guess are some sort of manipulative technique. Could be. I'm not familiar with it. Yeah, I've never heard of it either. As a concept. <clears throat> uh, uh, they will include an em- emergency mechanism to force platforms to disclose what steps they are taking to tackle misinformation or propaganda. What? The the online forums are going to have to be accountable by what is posted on their online forums? I mean, not really accountable. They just have to say, here are the steps we're taking to try to make things better. Okay, there you go. Yes. Uh, and then two Activision Blizzard topics. Yes. Um, remember how we talked about how Activision Blizzard uh, got was supposed to hire a female person for their board due to California law, and they failed to yeah. after, you know, three years. Yeah. Which then they blamed on the Microsoft acquisition talks, even though those weren't, you know, in the works three totally years ago. Yep. Yeah, yeah. So they finally um, added a female member to their board of directors. So they have finally Yay. complied with hey. the California law. Right before they get swallowed up by Microsoft and the board will be dissolved. (laughs) Well, yeah. But at least they did. Yes. (laughs) Eventually. They got there. At least they got there with three women board members. Finally. Oh, Activision. Yeah, okay. So then the other story is the fact that a U.S. district court judge dismissed the lawsuit suit against Activision Blizzard that was brought on by a group of investors saying that um, the company knew of its harassment and discrimination uh, against women. Yeah, that they're a terrible company, basically. Yes. Yeah. Interesting that it was thrown out. I wonder what the reasoning was. 
said that while the case argued that certain individuals knew about the investigations, it suffered it suffered from a lack of particularity. So the so that the plaintiffs alleged the defendants must have known sexual harassment and discrimination were endemic by virtue of their respective positions in the company. The complaint does not establish the requisite facts to support such a conclusion. So the executives can't be held responsible for how crappy the company is. Document can conclude that they can file another complaint addressing the issues highlighted in the dismissal within 30 days. So basically the court is saying that you guys need to do your homework and establish more and then we can come back and look at it again. Pretty much, yes. So it's not dismissed outright. It's, no. It's dismissed conditionally. Yes, that they have they to have kind 30 of... 30 days to appeal resubmit. So they basically have 30 days to prove their case before the judge will actually hear the case? Uh, they have 30 days to show that the executives would have understood this and would know what was going on. Mm, okay. Shouldn't be that hard to do with Mr. Kotick. <laughs> no. I feel like there's plenty of material out there, but we'll see. We shall see. We should hit the randoms. Yes, we should, because we are at that point of the episode. All right. Yeah. Random review. It is my review this week. I am reviewing a game I actually picked up free through the um, Amazon Prime Gaming. Um, what, what is exactly is it called? Amazon Prime Game. Is it Prime Games? Prime I- Gaming. Okay, it is called Prime Gaming. So gaming.amazon.com. If you're an Amazon Prime person you can get um you know some dlc in-game content sort of stuff there but you can also a couple of games are given out free every month so i picked up last month i picked up a game called surviving mars Uh, this was a paradox game released back in 2018 it's available on epic games and on steam Uh, i'm running it through the epic games store um, mm-hmm. This uh, is a basically a city builder game, but it's on Mars, and it's what, not. What tech level are we talking? Like you've arrived on Mars from a spaceship from modern day? Pretty much modern you day. It's it's not very Mars. It's not very fantasy. You're supposed to. You're you well. You have interaction with Earth, okay. so you you basically start out picking a. I wouldn't call them nations because they're not all nations. They're just like, um, what do they call them in the game? Political entities. Sponsoring, um, basically they call them sponsors. My my favorite one is they have one called uh, Space Y or Spacey, which, you know, that one, you can kind of tell where they were kind of going with that one right there. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. that's, that's cute. Yeah. So you you basically, you know, pick your sponsor and then you're, you know, given a map of Mars and you pick your landing point and you don't get people right away. You actually, you know, you start out with just drones and rovers and that sort of stuff there and you kind of build up the infrastructure and then you can build uh, habitable domes and then you can start bringing people in. And it's basically like SimCity where there really isn't a victory win at the end. Mm-hmm. You're just, you know, trying to make your city livable right right so you know expanding the colony but you also have to manage your your food your water your power your oxygen 
you know. Probably your CO2 as well. Uh, there's not really any CO2. Bah. What will your plants breathe? I think the plants have to be part of the oxygen because they're inside the domes. So, yeah, there's don't you know, there's buildings outside the domes, like, you know, mining things. Right. And but, then... but plants don't take oxygen from the air. They take carbon dioxide. Yeah, I know. Okay. So this, I, I would hope that the plants don't consume your oxygen. I'll have to. I'll have to look. I'll have to open it up and look they at. They should, my, in fact, contribute to it. I know. I'll go look at my hydroponic farm and see what it actually okay. does. Okay. You built it, and you don't know what it does. Well, it it's providing food for my colonists. That's what all that matters. All right. So, so it's a city builder, base builder game. Yes. Is there any antagonistic force? Not in the base game. There Random was an expansion. Events. There was an expansion mm-hmm. um, released in 2018 that introduces rival colonies. Um, but in the base game, it's just kind of like SimCity, where you're just given a plot of land and said, okay, build a city. Building a city. Yeah. Okay. So there are, there are things you can turn on called mysteries so they're you know things that could happen to the colony like uh alien contact could be one of them that was the one that i had uh hit on my playthrough so they're like they're, it's kind of like a little like storyline that you're going through and you you know it, it, it but then after the storyline you still you know it's still sim city so the game just you know goes okay congratulations you didn't die from the at, alien invasion at the end of the day it's still sim city yeah at the end of the day it's still sim city so, if you like SimCity, it's SimCity and it's on Mars. If you like the idea of SimCity, but not on Earth. Because, I mean, this is the same guys that did uh, City Skyline, right? That was Paradox, wasn't it, or no? Published by oh, Paradox. Is, is this published by or developed by? Uh, Developed by somebody else and published by Paradox. Right. Okay. And that's for this game, right? For yes. this, uh, surviving Mars. Yes. Okay. Um, so I've, you know, I've played my SimCity games. I've played, I've got City Skylines on this computer here, you know. Yeah. It, it, it feels like they're, they're trying to force you to micromanage too much. I mean, isn't that the point of a SimCity style game? But, but the interface is not helping. There's... Okay, an example here is um, you can pick, you know, you can pick your humans and they all have traits. They have a lot of traits that you can both up and down things like, you know, you the, the even you could pick if, they, if they're vegan or not. I mean, it's just ridiculous the amount of details and, for each individual character and they're all just randomly assigned and that sort of stuff. Um, and some okay. of the buildings require people to man them for three shifts, you know, morning, afternoon, overnight. People with certain skills? Yes. The problem is, if you have somebody overnight, basically they lose sanity if they're working the overnight shift. Mm. And if they work the overnight this shift... This makes sense. This, yeah, if they work the overnight shift too many times, they will literally have a mental breakdown in the game. And they will be no good to you. And they might, yep. you know, go on a rampage and accidentally kill people sort of thing. Damage things. Yeah. The problem is, it's like, okay, so, you know, if they sleep, they recover some of their sanity. 
So my thought is, okay, it would be great if I just, you know, have, if I rotate them through that third shift, you know, Mm -hmm. rotate people until they start to go cuckoo and then take them off the shift and put somebody else on there. But there's no easy way to assign that person to the specific shift. I can Uh assign them to the building, but I can't assign them to the specific shift. To the shift. So what I was going to have to do is basically turn. Have you looked? Yes. Yes, I have. Okay. Just, just double checking that like you've gone online you've looked around yes no this 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 is this is what the this is what the online people are telling me to do is so there are three shifts right for a building you can turn off shifts you can say hey don't run the building overnight so you yeah. you turn off the building overnight and off second shift if you want to and basically fire everyone and take your guy who was on third shift and reattach him to the building because you can only attach him to the building you can't specify which shift but the only one available is the first shift. Yes, you mentioned that. Yeah. So then, okay, so you fire everybody. Then you have to hunt down that one specific person, which, you know, you're trying to rename them is basically the best idea to actually hunt them down on the list because everybody, you know, has got a computerly generated name um, and then reattach them to the building and then open up the other shifts and reattach the other people back to the building again. That In, sounds painful. Yes. And gross. Yes, there there's a lot of painfulness and grossness to it, especially in the fact that, I don't know who picked the speed of this game, but mm-hmm. even playing it on Glacier. five times speed, they, they have a one, a three, and a five times speed button, literally on like the main screen. So somebody at some point thought this is, you know... This sounds like a good idea. Yeah. It's like, hmm, this game seems to be taking too long. Let's add a 1x, a 3x, and a 5x on the main page. Because we need it, and they definitely need it. And I'm running on 5X, and it still feels slow. I'm like, I don't even know if I even could... Like, just such a crawl. Yes. So if you, if you like SimCity okay. and you want to try something new, and if it ever goes but free, slow. if it ever goes free again, I'd say pick it up. But right now, I think the current price is thirty dollars. And of course, all this is yeah, it's thirty dollars for a game back in twenty. Spend uh, it on Factorio. Yeah, thirty dollars for the standard edition. They have a digital deluxe edition that's forty, but there's also all the DLCs, and those are anywhere between ten to twenty dollars. Mm-hmm. I just no, I would at this price point, I would say no, don't do it. Yeah, but yeah, no. If it, if it comes up free again for some reason, hey, pick it up. It's free. It'll give you something to do that's not you know SimCity. Okay. So, any other questions? Very cool. No, no, I think we're good. All right. So I think we have one question or what? one topic at least. Ours. One random topic. Oh yes, yes, yes. We have the random topic. I rolled ahead of time. Yeah. All right. Here you go, Dave. Yeah. Are a pair of cigars I found on the floor okay. of my dorm's okay. trash room an appropriate graduation okay. gift for a guy who is cheating on his girlfriend? So, I'm going to go with no. <laughs> because sanitary issues aside, I how do you know that he's cheating? This is a very... I guess that's, that, that would be my first question. How do you know he's cheating? Like, have you brought it up to the girlfriend? Have you talked with him about it? I'd, I'd start with probably talking to him about it first. I don't think it's an appropriate gift, period. No. For anyone. Cigars like, are very... You, it's like, you, yes. Well, also, I mean, they've been sitting out. They haven't been... In, in like a humidity controlled environment like those are ruined cigars yeah but like if you are are 
personally offended and upset at this person cheating on their girlfriend, then you should take it up with said person and not be like, ah ha ha, I'm gonna get you crappy gifts. Because again, like, how do you know that they're cheating? And how do you know that it is cheating? How do you know it's not consensual? How, like, there are so many unknowns in this topic. For as much detail as we were given, there are way too many unknowns. This, this is a very weird hypothetical like situation, if it is a hypothetical situation. Yeah, I think the only time those cigars would be a good gift is, like, a white elephant gift. And even then, I'd be really super nervous about, like, unknown cigars that were sitting out for an unknown amount of time on the floor of a dorm. Like, no, oh, just no, just no. Yeah, no. Cigars, no. Nope. So... That's, that's what I got. No, I agree with you. Yeah, no. Okay. Well, then, Andy, I think that's a wrap. This has been another episode of the Random Access Podcast. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, corrections, suggestions, remarks, reviews, rebukes, retorts, or just rants, feel free to contact us. You can find us on Twitter at RAPodcast, or send us an email at mail at RAPodcast.com. Thank you for listening.